If you drive in downtown Phoenix, there's a high chance you've heard this sound. Turn right on Roosevelt Street. Or even this sound. At the light, turn left on Adams Street. Phoenix famously has a grid system for its roads. Roads running north to south are numbered, and roads running east to west are named. We even have an episode about the grid system from last year if you want to go back and listen to that. But one of our listeners asked why the streets in central Phoenix are named after U.S. presidents. They grew up on Portland Street, one street over from Roosevelt, and always wanted to know why names of past presidents adorned the street signs of Phoenix. Producer Amanda Luberto did some digging and found out why. The streets downtown being named after presidents was never something I questioned. It was just something that seemed right. But when a listener asked why, I reached out to Michelle Dodds, the historic preservation officer for the city of Phoenix. She told me that my feeling that it just seemed right was spot on. But at the beginning, you know, when the city was first founded, they decided to name them after presidents. And so that that is actually a fairly common practice, I think, especially for older cities, uh, to have some of their streets named after U.S. presidents. And so, you know, the city started out kind of with Washington Street, our first president, and was doing this north-south street naming. So naming the streets of a new city after presidents was standard procedure. They started at Washington Street, then one street north is Adams after John Adams, and one street south is Jefferson after Thomas Jefferson. Then one street south of Jefferson is Madison, and one street north of Adams is Monroe, and so on and so forth until they reach Theodore Roosevelt and Roosevelt Road. Though if you're following along with your map at home or driving around downtown as you listen, you'll probably notice that a few presidents didn't make it. In fact, eight presidents were excluded between George Washington and Theodore Roosevelt, including Grover Cleveland and Rutherford B. Hayes. Also, this pattern of switching between north and south fell apart pretty quickly based on where the city was growing. But eventually, I think the city grew to the, to the north a little bit more to the south, so you see some of those, that order, that pattern was interrupted and you saw more go to the north. That's why there are more president-named streets toward the north end of downtown than the south. That's just the direction Phoenix was growing in. So as the valley kept growing and expanded, what did they name them after? They named after Native American tribes. And so you don't see uh, uh, much of that today because a lot of them have been renamed. Uh, But, you know, so there were uh, important people or peoples and presidents and uh, our Native American tribes uh, were initially what the streets were named after. After the tribes came other important Arizona landmarks, like Indian School Road, named after the Phoenix Indian School, or Camelback Road, named after the famous mountain silhouette. To know more about the Phoenix Indian School and its connection to the road, check out an episode of Valley 101 we did back in April of 2019. But, of course, there were other important people or uh, politicians or others that uh, streets started to be named after. But also in in newer areas, um, you know, the, the developers come along through the city process to build their subdivisions or new places. And, and so sometimes there were just brand new names chosen, uh, depending on what the developer wanted to, to name within the community. I wondered then why the standard process of naming them after presidents was never picked back up again. 
Why didn't Phoenix ever pick up where they left off once new streets were made? It's hard to tell exactly, because it was a long time ago and intentions aren't always documented. But Michelle says it's probably because naming the new streets after people, places, and events that are important in Arizona history just became the new desire. So what if Phoenix wanted to start the president's names over again? The city most likely isn't going to be adding any more arterial streets. Those are the major ones that run through the city, like Belt Road or Baseline Road. In order to pick up where they left off at Theodore Roosevelt, they would have to rename some of the streets. Sandra Hoffman is the assistant director at the Planning and Development Department within the city of Phoenix, and she's the person you contact when you want to rename a street in the city. Because Phoenix is on a grid system, it actually makes the process more difficult. Renaming something like Northern Avenue affects more than just the city of Phoenix because it passes through the West Valley, too. But if you were to say, well, this piece is Camelback and that piece is President so-and-so, then, you know, people are going to go, they'll learn. Some of them will learn, you know, but it's an anomaly and we want it to be as simple as it can be. So it has to be consistent in order to keep up with the grid system that we have in place. And naming a non-major street in order to get presidents 27 through 46 on the map isn't really the answer either. And for a president, you would think you'd want to have a big arterial collector street name, not, you know, that little little dead-end street in a subdivision. You know, you just want to be acknowledging the honor. So I asked Sandra, what would it actually take to rename one of the major streets if someone wanted to make sure presidents like Woodrow Wilson or Dwight D. Eisenhower got recognized in Phoenix? Well, it turns out that it's a pretty complicated process. There's two ways to do it. The first way would be that a property owner decides that they want to try to get all these other property owners and residents to agree to rename a street. And so it's easier if it's a smaller level street and not across the whole valley type of a roadway, because you basically have to get 75% of those owners to sign off that they want to change that street name. 75% of the property owners on that street have to agree to the name change. This includes businesses and residents. And think, a street like Camelback Road has a lot of businesses and residents. And then it goes through a process where we do analysis and we reach out to fire department, we reach out to street transportation and the U.S. Postal Service, and we we ask them, are you okay, you know, if this were to change names? We do research, like I said, to see if it connects um, and has some alignment with another, you know, the same street name is continuing off onto the other, you know, that same alignment in other cities. All of the other civil groups that are dependent on addresses, like Sandra noted, the fire department and the postal service, they'd have to sign off on it too. Once they have that, we will go through a council action to have a change. And they and then they paid $600 for an application, by the way. So then if council approves it, um, we have to select a name and the name has to fit the criteria. There's MAG, um, Maricopa County Association of Government sort of guidelines for naming streets. So, you know, they have to be easily pronounced and, and you know, easily said that doesn't sound really close to another name of a street. This is an important step I never considered. A new street can't sound like a street we already have, which is why we'll never see a Franklin D. Roosevelt Street. Simply, Teddy got there first. 
it also has to be a word or a name that isn't offensive in any language. Then those neighbors may have to actually pay for the street sign to change. And then they'll have all these different documents will have to change their driver's license, you know, all the important documents they have that have their address on it. Also, all of the businesses on the newly named road would have to change their advertising, website, business cards, social media, anything with the address on it, because that street would no longer exist. If council approves it, then the city staff, we notify a variety of entities that you would be surprised about. I think we have, um, you know, the U.S. Postal Service, Fire Department, uh, City Clerk, Maricopa County Assessor's Office, Maricopa County Recorder, you know, um, we're, we're, we're notifying all the mapping services that you get. So all those, you know, GPS systems, it's like all of a sudden now they've got to have that new data in there and update it. And so that somebody can find you if you want that pizza delivery guy to find your house. So that's option one. And it's a lot of steps. This is the grassroots way if a member of the community wanted to rename the street. But there is another way and it has less steps, but it still isn't very common. That's one option. The other option is for one, um, our mayor or three of our uh, council people were to initiate a name of a street change. And then they take it to council and they say, yeah, staff, we want you to look into this. This is what happened last November when Robert E. Lee Street was renamed Desert Cactus Street. And we had to, you know, talk to through a community meeting, you know, we just educated them on what, what might happen and the process that would occur and the support staff would provide. And we had the library department involved. It was great because we were there with a list of resources. We had a lot of staff willing to help you know, individual neighbors as to answering questions, whether they were the owner or a tenant, a resident. Uh, and so those are pretty much single family homes. Because it was initiated by our council or by elected officials, we pay for the signage um, change. We pay, um, we do a little bit of reimbursement to those people impacted, the owners and or residents. So um, they're submitting their invoices to us of things that they had to change uh, the name, you know, the address for what they, um, where they live. And so we try to help to minimize that impact for them. As you just heard, it's a long and time-consuming process, so it's rare that a street gets renamed, though not entirely impossible. The streets downtown have presidential names because that was a standard practice in most budding cities. Once the city grew, Phoenix looked inward and named the roads after more local people, places, events, and things that reflected our history and our surroundings. That was great information, Amanda. Thank you for that. I don't think we'll be seeing a Bush or a Carter Road anytime soon from the sounds of it. Though as Arizona continues to grow and more planned housing developments go in, I guess it's possible. Listeners, thank you for listening to this episode of Valley 101. If you have other questions about Phoenix in general, visit valley101podcast.azcentral.com. You can leave your tips for us there. You can also find us on Twitter at Valley101Pod. I'm Kayla White, signing off for this week.